Hey, Nick. Oh, how you doing? What's up, Blake? Good morning. Nothing much. This is the Summit Realty Group podcast course. Blake Shrekeis. Nick Williams. And today we are going to redefine retirement. So this is not a new thing for a lot of people. I think the whole uh, idea of retirement has been brought into question for at least the past two decades, I would say. Um, so let's define the classic thought of retirement. Hit the brakes. Yeah. Go ahead. We are not financial advisors. We are not retirement planners. We are not yes. attorneys. We are just real estate agents that do this on the side in order to set ourselves and our families up for success. Yeah. So it's feel opinions. free to borrow our opinions and apply them yourself. But this is in no way, shape, or means trying to tell you what to do with your money, with your investments, how to manage your own risk. This is what we're doing and we're just sharing it. Yeah. And if you like it, take it. All the attorney's buttholes just went, oh, just kind of relaxed. <laughs> like, God, oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> Slipped out there so, so yeah, this is just our opinion of what we, I, and I think we're very, very similar. I know there's going to be some differences, what we're angling for in our life. And maybe we'll talk about how we're getting to that point. And what but, we're trying to, what retirement yeah. means to us. So we yes, are exactly. taking steps towards that, but we're not talking about you should buy Apple stocks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is very broad and this is our opinion of what our outlook. And to be honest, it's how I think a lot of people should be looking at retirement and making their own version of it. So give me the classic, what retirement has been for a long, the last hundred industrial age. Well, I'll talk specifically <laughs> about my people, right? So I came from military background. My dad was military. He retired. My great grandfather was military. My great, great grandfather's military it goes all the way back. So what, what in my family retirement always meant was you work in your given career for 20 years, you get a pension, you might go get a secondary job part-time, maybe even full-time, but at 65, you're, you got retirement, social security, pension, and then you're sitting on your butt in a recliner watching TV and football games all day. That's about it. Yeah. It's not what I want to do. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard. The only difference is most people are thinking 30 years, I think, outside of military. 30 yep. years used to be the number, at least, where yep. you're like, 25, yeah. Well, it was 25, and then it's creeping up to 30, and I'm, yeah. I'm saying we're even creeping towards 40 now. Well, yeah, but yeah, you we're now at a point where you're just like, I don't know when we can retire. You exactly. retire whenever that stock market is up, and mm-hmm. you can pull out those 401ks and IRAs and at the highest peak because right now you don't want to pull those. No. Yep. So my opinion of that is it's it's not a great way to look at it. A, if you're just going to sit around and do nothing and stop working and hoping you're going to work the best years of your life away to sit and do nothing, and I'm not going to say the worst years of your life, but you're not as physically able. No matter how good a shape you are, or anything you're right. you're better when you were 20. <laughs> you yeah. should be. I mean, but you know, so um, I think there's a flip side of that coin too, though. Yeah. You don't procrastinate your entire 20s away and you start your career and try to save up for retirement at 30, 35. Agreed. I think there is a balance, and that balance is the hardest thing to find. Yeah, well, and, and I heard someone say, and I kind of agree, like, hey, you should not work your whole life away, yep. but you should work your 20s away. And I was like, well, that was kind of a good, and I maybe mean, that's a little harsh, but I absolutely agree, though. Yeah, like, you know, and it's I saw a model the other day, and I forgot what celebrity face said this crap, but it was basically like, enjoy your childhood. You're mm-hmm. a kid. You have no responsibilities. Go play sports. Maybe get a part-time job, but really don't worry about that until you hit 18. Mm-hmm. Then in college, maybe get a part-time job, but really in your 20s is when you're developing your skills. Agreed. That's when you're building a resume. That's when you're setting yourself up for success. So go on vacations. Go party and go drink and go have fun. But you know, stay focused on your goals. Mm-hmm. And then in your 30s is when you basically start start riding the, the, the tidal wave of success. Mm-hmm. And I think I've positioned myself appropriately to be there. I know you did. Um, so, you know, we're in our 30s now. 
And, and I think life is getting a little bit easier because of the hard work I put in in my 20s. Now, my body's yeah. wrecked. Luckily, your body's a little bit better because of the career path that we chose. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're at yeah, a... Genetically, we're at, you know, when you start inbreeding a lot of people over and over, you get back issues. No, yeah, yeah, you're, you're pretty inbred, aren't you? <laughs> Not bad about you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about Arkansas. No, I have a good body. No. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, don't put do better airplanes without their <laughs> So I'm going to put it very succinctly, and I know we're going to go into a bunch of details. My opinion of what retirement should look like is you should be working to buy your freedom from a, uh, I would say like a regular job or even a business that you own. So you could ostensibly live off- Is that a word, ostensibly? Ostensibly, yeah. I'll have to Google that, sorry. Yeah, you sure can. God darn. I'm bad, man. Word hey, of the day. <laughs> story time real quick, though. Ah, it doesn't matter. I was right in a different situation. It makes you feel so great every time you're right uh, with argumentative people. <laughs> so you're gonna, I'm going to really enjoy after this when you Google that. Um, so essentially, you can buy your um, freedom and do whatever you want. And that does not need to take 30 years. I think 10 years is a realistic timeline from when you really from when you start making a full-time money, I would say, not even when you have your greatest skill yet. Um, so we can talk about all the different ways, but then at that point, you've bought your freedom, sitting around on your butt may be your goal, and that's I'm saying that- And that's fine. That's okay, I think it's probably a poor goal to be honest. I don't think you'll be as happy as you think you'll be. Um, but, so you're then able to do whatever you, well, I shouldn't say whatever, you're able to have the freedom to pursue other goals. Are you gonna be able to buy 15 jets? Like if that's what you want, you know, you're probably gonna- You've got a different path. You, you've you got, got a different path, yeah, but do whatever you want. Like I have a lot of passions that I would like to pursue that I put on the back burner right now. I have a million hobbies that are on pause. Yes, yeah, yeah. and some people are like, well, you should be doing your hobbies, and I tried that path before. It's like, I have too many, I like them I all. And it didn't- literally leave this pier for two months and still come back yes. and be like, I didn't do half my list. Hunting, um, I've always wanted to write a book, and I think that's, a lot of people want to Same. do that. Um, it's it just a, a number of things, it's like, okay, I'm gonna spend 30 minutes of my day doing each one of these hobbies that I love, and it's like, well, I'm not really getting that fulfillment. I'm slowing down my time frame on the money side. So anyways, that, that's the end goal for me is like, hey, within about a decade, and I wish I'd started when I was 18, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of bumbled into real estate, I bumbled my life along, and it's been like an awesome, happy life. So I'm glad that it's been- I just been imagine Winnie the Pooh walking down, tripping on a stick, and be like, oh, okay, I'm still walking. <laughs> I know, that's trips what it again. Is. Oh, there's a rock. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're making your way down that path, but you know, you need yeah. those trips and falls in order to realize, like, if you're on the right path. Would you Would you agree overall with what I said? Like, that's Absolutely. kind of your, okay. So, so- my aspect of the same thing, so just repeating mm-hmm. what you said. I think that you work your 20s away, you start putting away your emergency account. So that's in your 20s, you know, saving, creating a savings account where that if you lost your job or you got injured, you could still pay the bills for six months. Mm-hmm. Very Dave Ramsey-esque, right? Mm-hmm. Building that safety cushion because we are planning, if we're doing this right, to fall on our ass at 26, 28, 30. Mm-hmm. And then at 30, you should kind of have learned from those lessons and now you're, you're moving at a, a higher trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, 20s, building up that nest egg, going ahead and securing some down payment money for real estate, um, securing that emergency fund in case something bad happens, or when you build buy that uh, investment property, you're going to have to put some more money into it, so you're going to have some reserves. Yeah. So really, your 20s is building that reserves, um, creating those Roth IRAs and those TSPs and those 401ks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I think in your 20s would be ideal, but you know, statistically at 30, you should buy your first investment property. And why would you buy your investment property before you buy a house? Well, because the investment property is an asset. And I think once you're in your 30s, 
You need in your twenties. I understand you're gonna buy your Jordans and your Gucci belts and your, your Kevin Klein perfumes and stuff. But mm-hmm. in your thirties, you need to change your mindset to buying assets. So that's precious metal stocks. That's um, you know starting up small businesses. That's buying real estate. All these different things are things you're parking your money in with a higher rate of return of what you put in. And now you're multiplying your wealth. And so mm-hmm. great book that I think everybody should read. It takes like two hours to read is The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And that basically tells you how to get started in this. And it's all in a prehistoric Story. historian like novel. Mm-hmm. But the lessons that come out of this two hour, three hour book are, are phenomenal. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, another one you should read is Velveteen Rabbit. It's nothing to do with this. Um, but if you've not read that book, I remember I read it for the first time when I was like 15. And I read it six times in a row. <laughs> I don't know why I loved it. Anyways, that just reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's specifically, I'll disagree a little bit, but I think we're probably still going to agree. There's not like any time frames. Um, no, so, these are just suggestions. Yeah, so I've never. Everyone's situation's different. Right, yeah. I, I've never really like, I don't know. I've, I've bought stupid things. Nobody can say they've never bought stupid things. But I've never really cared about like the clothes and this and that. Like the, I guess the. I don't know the things that waste a lot of young people's money. I've generally not luxury done. goods. Well, it's luxury, luxury goods. items. It's, Thank it's, you. It's, it's, yeah, uh, I'm gonna throw a kid under my belt uh, out on the street here that I mentor a little bit. But great motivational entrepreneur could wants to work his butt off. Yeah, too many um, shoes. Too many shoes. Oh, I'm good. Too many shoes. Yeah, In fact, <laughs> I, I got some nodding from behind the camera. <laughs> um, uh, the kid's got the drive. The kid just doesn't have the financial uh, intelligence yet. He's going to learn that. He's got to fall on his butt a time or two yeah. and, and, and struggle a little bit in order to learn that. But with where his head's at, he can he can stumble 20, 30 times before he's 30 and he'll pick himself right back up. I yeah. see it in him, right? Um, and he's mowing grass. He's working hard. He's doing his thing. But, uh, yeah, he's he's got to get away from buying the things that he wants to do and wasting money, right, mm-hmm. and, and going towards, you know, starting to buy assets. I mean, he could literally buy a lawnmower with the money he made, and now instead of working for somebody else with mowing grass, he can mow his own grass and keep more of that profit and yep, hire yep. more people. So, so and it no matter if time. you're talking about a lemonade stand, a lawn mowing service, uh, if you're in high school, guys, like, find somebody that runs a business, pick their brains, and start getting on a path. Even if that path isn't your end destination, it's going to lead you to another path, to another path, and these forks in the roads are how you're going to build that yeah. build that success. And, l- and let's pause for a second because there is a and uh, there's a really good article called uh, Death March to Financial Independence. I can't remember who wrote it, but it's basically Sounds like... Sounds intense. I like it. It was good. David Goggins. Yeah, basically... What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, it's kind of like pulling back from that where they're like, hey, for the last 10 years of our life, financial independence was the only thing in our lives. And it was like this huge grind and they, they reached their goal and now they're like happy, but they're looking back and they're like, you know, we could have maybe even done it in the same time frame, but let's say they extended it. They're like maybe by a couple years and enjoyed our lives way more. Um, so there is this balance. I think most people are enjoying their life too much, to be honest. So I don't want to like overstate this, but I was just talking to my wife. We're looking at our next investment and things that we're doing. And I, I was like, literally, I am the happiest I've ever been like right now. And I'm all I'm thinking about is how I'm going to get to that next stage of my opportunity, life. Opportunity, opportunity. Yeah, it's like, am I going to be happier then? Uh, odds are probably not. Like, it'll be pretty similar. Like, you have up you and have down new days. You'll stresses. You'll get rid of old stresses. Like, yeah. life's going to persist. You're going to have teenage girls soon. I mean, yeah, but you can't. What, what you do if you don't plan for the future, where you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm happy right now. Why can't I just continue this? Because your life changes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we'll bring up, like, my mom, who's now getting older. And if 
she's not finding she's aging just like me and she's if she's not gonna get herself ready i'm not saying she's not i'm just saying for instance yeah yeah, where it's like um you're gonna now you're gonna you're gonna be less happy because you're gonna have way more stress because you didn't do these things when you were younger so there is like you've got to be smart and realize what things bring you joy and money can definitely buy you happiness it can at least buy stress relief i'll say that way and um, peace of mind. But shoes at a certain point, I don't know. I don't like shoes. Uh, what do I, I, what do I like? Four wheeler. I do like four wheelers. But at Hunting a certain point, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah like gear. It, it does make me happy. I know yeah. it's easy like to my adult toys. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Some people like adult toys too. Um, <laughs> Brony ponytails. <laughs> inside joke. <there. laughs> um, so don't get like too caught up in that. But just know that hey, there there is a time where this is going to become more and more important. So let's set down. Like what, I don't think I knew until about a few months ago, which is funny, what does it take to be financially independent or to buy your freedom? What What's the goal that people should set for themselves? And I can start if you want to think about it longer. I really think the first step that is going to transition you into true adulthood, and this isn't like the government says 18, I can vote, or 25, I can have lower car insurance. I think the transition between an adolescent mind to an adult mind and the financial aspect is buying assets yes and so uh, i advise every 20 year old and this is a true advisement and you can try to sue me for it go and buy your first silver coin it's a 30 dollar investment eventually mm-hmm. it'd be a 45 dollar investment and you're not going to get rich off it but it, it, at 20 years old if you're willing to spend the cost of a belt mm-hmm. on a piece of metal that it really has no value except for what people say it's worth it's hard to it, get, it's yeah. going to start putting you in that mindset and silver is just because cheap gold obviously you're looking at two thousand dollars for a coin right it's not what we're talking about but yeah buying something nice that has no real value to you there's nothing you can do with it except for put it in a case and wait for it to appreciate mm-hmm. and that's going to as 20 years old and i think parents should do this and there's somehow you spending your own money that's going to do it yeah. versus a gift right um but doing that is going to start forcing your mindset going into buying assets. And the asset is things that will have a return on investment for you. And it doesn't always have to be greater than. You can buy a fourplex that actually brings in zero money and still have an asset that is depreciating for your taxes, has write-off potentials on your mortgage, and, and, and all these things. So really starting that shift. Yeah. So I think that's step number one. What would you say? I would say, so, yeah, no, I agree with all that. Step number one is... Um, Bu- buying assets, getting the mindset of buying assets. I, I don't invest in silver, and like I'm just saying this and, and in juxtaposition. Silver specifically. No, no. Asset. Uh, yeah, to, to prove your points, because I agree with you, is that hey, so you get in the mindset of buying things that don't uh, at least hold their value, because that's mainly it's basically a hedge. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, getting your mindset there. But yeah, no, being financially able. You, like you said, first step is really having a cushion so you can protect your other investments. Right. But then. Um, making as much money as you can with the skills that you've learned, yep. spending as little as you can, investing the difference in things that are going to grow, you're, you're going to miss. That's the thing with any kind of um, investment is not everything's going to make money. If it does, hunky-dory. But Good just for you. Yeah, just expect that it won't. And if it does, you're, you're the man, you know, or the woman. And uh, invest the rest. So what, what I want to bring up is, again, I didn't realize, I didn't have a goal set for what I needed to to be financially independent or to buy my freedom, I just felt like, man, you need tens of millions of dollars. And it felt really out of touch. Not for me, I've always been real cocky. I thought I'd be a millionaire like a long time ago. It still hadn't happened by the way. But so I'm coming to reality where it's like, hey, let's get realistic on what is what it actually takes to be able to buy your freedom. Um, and I've talked to you about this, I know a hundred times, but a really, really good rule of thumb is the 4% rule. Where you, whatever money you wanna make, 
for the rest of your life into eternity, basically, let's and annually. So let's say $100,000. That needs to be 4% of your active um, investment, like assets, whatever it may be. I think I'm a bit more on the extreme side. I think it's 10%. 10% is, a, is less extreme. So 10% would be less money in your... So you would want to go more like a 2%. So if you want to be really you're safe... you return on investment? No, no, I'm not talking return. I'm saying you want your... So if you want $100,000 a year... $100,000 needs to be 4% of your total investment oh, chunk. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yep. For retirement. So I'm, yeah. I'm saying the opposite. If you make $100,000 a year, in order to get to your goal, you should be investing 10% every oh, year yes. to get to that goal. More. So you're talking about 50%. the end state. I'm talking about the Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. more, the better, but 10% minimum. Yeah, so you, you take this 100000 and to put it into real numbers, 100000 you would need $2.5 million. So yeah. $2.5 million, 4% of that is 100000 Yeah. Is that right? I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. Um... I don't do math. <laughs> so I think that's right. Um, so $2.5 million, which may or may not sound like a lot to you. To me, it was like a breath of relief because I thought I would need like $30 million to I not too. worry. I, I thought in order to fully retire and not work and not have a nine-to-five job, I would need like $10 million in the bank. Yeah. It's really not that much. Yeah. So if you look at that, then you back yourself up. So now we're talking about, okay, whatever you're saving, I should think you should be saving like 50% of your income, to I be think honest. You should, but it really <laughs> depends. If you're making yeah. $25,000, it's hard to save 50%. Yeah. If you're making 100 grand, you should absolutely be. Well, if you're making 25 or investing, you're, there's always an answer because if you're making 25, you don't have a good skill. Right. Go get a skill. And or then you should job. be making or more. Yeah, we're a second job. But so everyone needs my daughter just this past weekend. And yeah. we were talking about, you know, life planning. And, you know, she's she's young. She has a whole life ahead of her. But I was sitting mm-hmm. there and I was like, well, what do you want to do? And she didn't know. And so I said, well, what's your fear? My fear, like everybody else, is not being able to pay the bills, being broke, living below what I think my comfort level is. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, in order, would you say you, you could comfortably live as the top 1% in the world? And she goes, yeah, duh. And I go, okay, well, that's $80,000. $80,000 puts you in the top 1% of the entire world. Yeah. Right now, as a receptionist at a dentist office, she's making X thousands of dollars. And literally, I said, if you just get another job, which she's a full-time college student right now, too. So once yeah. college is over, she could literally work 80 hours a week. I know that because I work 100 hours a week. So she's working 80 hours a week, and she can make $80,000 that way. Yeah. And I just broke that. Uh-huh. Um, it's all good. So uh, I'm just holding the table <laughs> up now. <laughs> no, Keep light, it together. It's the light behind you. Kick the plug out. Um, so... By getting just basically just trying to eradicate the fear, I was like, if you get two full time jobs, you're a top one percenter. Yeah. And that opened her eyes. She's like, so I can do whatever I want. And if I ever fall on my ass, all I got to do is get two jobs. Yeah. Like, yes. And that kicked her into gear. Now she's thinking about businesses she can start. She's trying to be riskier. She's willing to park more money investments because I, the light bulb just went off for her. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I slave away for two years at a grocery store and as a receptionist. Mm-hmm. And I'm still top 1% of the world. And this leads us into a little teaser. I think this was going to be, in my mind, a two-part series where then we're going to redefine risk. So this time we're kind of redefining retirement and redefining risk, which is exactly what you're doing in, in her mind is right. uh, how you look at risk. But no, yeah. So you're basically, you you have time, especially when you're young. If you're not young, you can still do this. Like it's not a, a I mean, it's a big deal. Like you it's a hard thing to do. at 45. And st- I mean, to listen to Gary yeah. Vee, you got your whole life ahead of you. Like. Yeah. We're living longer and longer. I was just, uh, my wife was just telling me like, you know, whatever, a hundred years ago, the average age was like 32. Yep. You know, and so, and it's a lot of, not to get like politicized or anything, I think a lot of the issues and things we're facing right now is we're in a time in history where it's never been easier. Like It's life never is, been easier, and that's oh why gosh. we have so much mental illness and depression and stuff like that going on, because 
we're not stimulated physically, so we have to, like, it's causing the reverse on our mental state. Well, I was, out, I was out snowshoeing with a buddy, and he's like, I bet this is how people, like, way back in the day, thousands of years ago, this is how they're living their lives, just walking around. And we're talking about working out and stuff. He's like, do you think people were, like, lifting big heavy weights? Because that's what I like to do. And I was like, no. But neither do we have, like, until 100 but years ago. But like, hooking up a wagon every day. <laughs> I know. If they're walking 10 miles behind horses trying to feed them hay. Nobody know, like, was working out because everybody's life was basically, working. can we survive? Unless you're, like, the upper, upper echelon of, like, the I think monarchs. that changed after World War II. After World War II, it was less about survival. I mean, my great, I remember great-grandfather telling me about trying to survive the Depression. Yeah. Like, we, we forget about that because that wasn't our lifetime. It wasn't that long ago. But that was not, that was 80 years ago. And there's an argument, at least with a lot of, like, uh, population collapse where 90 years ago yeah where it's like we may be seeing a lot more of that time frame again which I don't know depending on climate and everything else going on I'm ignorant about a lot of this stuff we're also a world full of fear right now fear mongering and hey if you don't do it now you're going to be broke if you're not doing it you know in the next five years you're broke if you're not buying an investment property today you're never going to be able to afford one and I do believe there's some truth in that but it's it's the the, the the strings that we're attaching to this stuff where we're creating this kind of artificial survival ship Instead of what people, you know, used to die from cholera and dysentery and, you know, everyone's yeah. played the Oregon Trail, right? So, like, <laughs> th- those kinds of things were different. I, I heard something the other day, too, that was just a great quote, being like, you know, 100 years ago, nobody was bored. Nobody was yes. bored. Nobody sat around at candlelight or underneath their Edison bulb, and it was like, I'm bored. What do I do? Yeah. What do I do? Meanwhile, yeah. today, you can pick up your phone at any point in the day and entertain yourself endlessly. Yet we're all complaining about how bored we are. Yeah, no, it's that's the thing. So in in the scope of the Earth's history, it's nothing. In the scope of human history, the last hundred years is nothing. And so we're in this really even in our lifetime, it's new territory. Twenty years. There, what mean, was hundred years in the nineties? Like you couldn't save Mario. You'd play for two hours. You yeah. get to level thirteen, and Mom said it's dinner time, and Dad. And being a little asshole, turn the TV off. Yeah. And guess what? The next day, I had to start over from level one. Oh, man. We had a game, whatever it was, and we I don't remember why we did it. We hit the power button, and we're like, oh, it's not going to save. Maybe we didn't have a memory card. I don't remember what it was. And we literally held them. Uh, we held that for like three more hours because we wanted to keep playing. So we would just swap out whoever was playing, and they'd put their finger in. And so, anyways, times were tough. I mean, I don't know. Great Depression may have been bad, but did you ever hold the power button for hours on Hey, end? I just remember <laughs> blowing the crap out of those Nintendo cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get them just to start. Yeah. <laughs> that would hilarious. take me 20 minutes nowadays if I can't get an app to open up in 30 seconds I'm on yeah. the next thing so I, I think there's a lot of fear mongering like you're saying yep. what I want I hope this would be a little bit more hopeful is like hey you probably don't need as much as you think you need I and think that's the number one takeaway in this is yeah. you can't start too early and yes. you don't need as much as you actually think you need to live comfortably. Yeah, and, and having that is a little bit of a relief. And if two and a half million sounds like a lot to you, just do um, a compound calculator where if you can put down, uh, put away $50,000 a year and get a 10%, 10 to 15% return, however you want to do it. Let's give him, dumb it down even more. If you, at 20 years old, start a Roth IRA and you max it out every month, which is about 600 I think they're about to bump up to 650 a month. Mm-hmm. If you can put $600 a month into an account, that's... $7,000 a year. Mm-hmm. $7,000 a year over your lifetime by the time you're 65, you'll have like $2.5 million in the bank account. That is what a normal person would need to live off of for the rest of their life until they die around 85. Well, here's here's my hot take on that. If, um, if, you're, if you're young... I don't think they're, and if you're aiming to have financial independence early, I don't think Roth is the way to go. I don't think a traditional or a Roth because you can't touch it without being penalized. So if you want to use the money when you're 45 or 40. I think there's different investment strategies, but again, again, 
I guess it depends on your situation. I yeah. So if you're for the average person, it's a great starting point. But yeah. just like I say, Dave Ramsey is an amazing financial instructor to start off with. If you're going to go your whole life following Dave Ramsey, I don't know if you're ever going to be super wealthy, right? I think it still I think takes forty years. Comfortable. You're going to take forty years. It's going to be a thing. But I think there's well, if you want to take forty accelerated years, accelerated versions of yeah. This. If you want to take forty years, use the Roth. Uh, if you, oh, let me back up. If your employer matches any of your, like, that's do doubling your that's money. Do money. the match. Do the match. Like, do there's the match. no way to not do a match. But if you're planning to retire when you're 65, then do a Roth. Like, it's tax sheltered or do a traditional whatever. Um, but if you're. Match, do a little bit of a. a yeah, and you can do you can do a lot of different things. But if you're trying to be able to touch your money when you're 40 or when you're 35 or depending on when you're starting, it's like you can't touch, you can touch the Roth, but you're going to pay a 10% fee on it, you know, and plus the taxes or whatever you've, you know, and all the stuff. So that's when. Getting started early, I think, like, time is your biggest asset. Yeah. And so when I was 20 years old, I put $500 into Amazon. For me at that time, I just, I was in college. I wasn't making any money. I didn't have jobs. Um, scrounged together 500 bucks, put it in Amazon stock. Mm-hmm. Two years later, that was $3,000. That was awesome. 500 to three grand. That was a, a big deal for me. Oh, yeah. And now that is worth about six grand. Yeah. Now, obviously, wish you had like 100000 yeah. to put in there at that time. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I wish I would have. I wish yeah. I did. But, you know, even if I had 100 grand, then I don't think I would have done that. You're always thinking that. Like, in hindsight. Yeah, you're always thinking in hindsight. You only have what you have right now. But just know all those, those deals and things that you missed because you weren't ready. It's like just know today, start getting a little more ready so you can take more of those deals. So you can buy the next Amazon Bitcoin with 100000 right now. Everyone's speculating that's going to be worth $100,000 in the next five years. It's going to be worth a million dollars a coin eventually, right? Because it's a limited, it's a finite amount of Bitcoin out Mm -hmm. there. So um, that's a great opportunity in the horizon, right? The technologies we're having with blockchain and Web3 are going to be amazing for the consumer. Um, Everything that has the word decentralized in it is going to be great as far as where we're heading, right? Um, Looking, you know, stocks with AI and day trading and and tools like Robinhood, it's making stocks more accessible to the everyday person. So if you can pick up a couple penny stocks here and there for four or five bucks, you know, your upside could be limitless on it. I remember I started trading in um, uh, BTP, so it's uh, basically a coal mine. And I was buying stocks back when it was five, six dollars a share, and now it's it's twenty, thirty dollars a share. Hmm. So you know, getting started early, identifying these things, figuring out where we're going as a culture, investing in in certain industries, certain stocks, certain yeah. programs, and, and that's why you got to pay attention to politics. Not that I'm a big fan of politics, but politics affects the tax code, and the tax code is your biggest advantage in America. Become a politician. You I can mean, just nobody trade. Nobody taxes cares if you're smart enough, right? <laughs> Do it legally. Don't, yeah. don't just not pay your taxes, but find things that are tax shelter that are tax depreciated yeah and that way you can minimize what you're giving away well whatever so you, you more. yeah so to back it up whatever you're investing in because we've brought up a bunch of different things that could be good or bad investments whatever you're investing so starting points for yourself to research is you should research you should know research. what you're getting into so we are obviously real estate agents i think that's like the number one thing that people should start researching and i don't know i've heard anywhere from like 100 to 200 hours should be put in um, to like researching something. I think that's probably a pretty good idea between podcasts and reading books. Like you can hit 200 hours pretty quickly um, on any investment you want to do to feel like you have the base knowledge. But um, yeah, just know what you're getting into. Have a, an outlook of, Hey, this is what I want this investment to do for me. Uh, Prospectus is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like, Hey, this is, this is why I'm buying this. So when things get shaky on any investment, you can look back at that and say, 
what? Why did I buy this? Right. Oh, I bought it for thirty years. Okay, I'm good. I don't. So need we're to, only year two. Why am I freaking? Yeah, out I need that to I'm ignore to this. Five hundred dollars a year into this. Yeah, like, that's nothing. Yep. That's, and that's these pennies. are the returns I was expecting, mm-hmm. or this and that. And so you can look back, and so that that's always a good idea as well. But, um, anyways, I, I think we've been pretty thorough. Do you got anything else to add? No. Um, look into what benefits like that 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 your niche can really give you, right? So my parting words here are: if you're a young military kid, you got the VA home loan, the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Use those. Capitalize it. Um, if if you are a special minority. Like right now, the native population has an amazing amount of loans that will help them get into a house earlier. Um, utilize tools like that. Um, uh, deferring certain, like uh, as, a, as a parent, there's countless things you can do to set your kids up for success. Making them an authorized user on your credit cards if you're paying your credit card bills. Don't hurt your kids. Help your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing things like uh, if you run a small business, you can pay your kids to be a model in one of your photo shoots for some ad. Mm-hmm. You can pay them up to $12,000 tax-free. Now, run all these numbers by your account. I don't know if it's 12000 10000 whatever. Yeah, you may but be run, watching this 10 years in the future. Yeah, <laughs> run, your, run your numbers by your accountant, but you can literally pay your, your, your children through your company, and because of their age and the amount you're paying them, it's tax-free. Yep. Now, you can't use that money. That's your kid's money, but you can put that into a savings account for their college or something like that, and so you're getting a tax write-off from your business, and you're building wealth for your children's yep. college education. And as cheesy as it is. Your kids are your best investment. They are They're the best part of my life for sure. You know, yeah. and uh, so it's like I don't know. Yeah, no. So, there's, there's like so a just million do your own research, ways to skin that cat. Figure out you know what tools you can apply for, and, and just start taking the baby steps. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying you're going to go from making ten thousand dollars a year to making two hundred million dollars a year. We're saying make ten thousand dollars a year, and next year make twenty grand, then make thirty grand, then make thirty five grand. Get a side hustle, drive for Uber, deliver for DoorDash go get a second job, invest your money, like just start doing things because mm-hmm. a lot of people are stuck in, in decision paralysis or in procrastination. Yep. And those are like, those are the two things. If you can take anything else podcast is try to eliminate decision paralysis, analysis, paralysis, analysis, paralysis, and um, procrastination. So yep. just don't stand still, move forward. If you fall on your butt, you at least have the momentum to make it back up. Yeah, and, and to be clear, like we're neither of us, or at least I should speak for myself, I am not in a position, I'm not financially independent at this point. I'm working I'm towards these things and this is like where I'm, um, this is, this is the goal. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. I, I want people to reframe even what the goal is for themselves yeah. to make it a maybe quicker for them and be a whole lot more palatable. And where it's focused. like, yeah. So it's like if your goal is 50 years away, that's really hard to stay focused on. If you can change the goal, basically lower the bar in a lot of cases yeah. um, to make it a 10 year away. And there's even one last thought. Oh, you probably have another one too. One last thought for me is you can even edit the uh, retirement down to where it's like, okay, I don't. Maybe I want to live off $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. but I hate my job so much when I can make $50,000 a year, I'm willing to go get a different part-time job or start in a different career. Then you freed up maybe half your time or whatever. And, and I'm saying 100000 get a side gig. You can exactly. You exactly. Can so I don't need a small business on Etsy yeah. or whatever it is that you do enjoy. Yeah. I don't need two and a half million. I only need one and a quarter million so I can pursue some things that make less money, but I'm going to be happier for. Right. And then, yeah, maybe I'll get the, the rest of the million after whatever. So there's like a million ways to go about it but if you can set the goalposts to an achievable thing within like 10 to 15 years which is doable unless you want to be driving a bunch of supercars and have jets like then you you're on a different level of what your needs are going to be you know and i don't really care about that stuff so it doesn't i'm not thinking about it but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about it either maybe you want a maserati or whatever i would say my parting words are uh we'll break down to men and women ladies please stop wasting money on cosmetic surgery your man doesn't want it Two, men, 
stop trying to impress people and impress people with your lifestyle and your accomplishments instead of the products that you purchase. Okay, what's your favorite if, dream car? If you're going to buy one car, all right, you had money wasn't an option. We'll uh, there's this. this company in Florida that takes the Dodge Ram 1500 TRX and turns into a six by six up armored vehicle. Is that so? My oh, favorite vehicle is called Hennessy. the Ram War Apocalypse. It's a six by six gas fed heavy duty truck. That Man. would be my dream car. It's only about three hundred thousand dollars. That's not so bad. There's some expensive right. cars out there. There are some supercars out there for a million bucks. But no, I, I've never, I mean, I like Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff, but I'd rather have a one-off, unique, custom-built truck rather than yeah. a Lamborghini that 13 other billionaires have. There was a um, Porsche, like a rally Porsche, that Singer, I don't know if you've heard of Singer, they're like, uh, or Hennessy, they're these companies that basically take a car and make it better right. like what you're yeah. talking about I've, what, I they're know, watching what netflix there's a million different yeah exactly but anyways singer is like a really detailed one and they have the coolest porsche like off-road tires like wider that's wide what body. i want oh so cool my man. dream car just a few years ago was a flat panel van that was lifted had big mud tires <laughs> on it roof <laughs> rack was like an overlander yeah you know had like a little van rv thing that's in the a conversation back. starter man. yeah like yeah. something like <laughs> cool that's not uh, super flashy but yeah. you know in, in high school i always wanted like a, the worst looking beater but i wanted it to be like a super fast race sleeper, drag yeah. car like a sleeper you know yeah so i'm that guy so i guess that's the wrong question for me that's okay Let's finish up, man. That was good. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Hopefully you got some nuggets here. Again, we're not giving financial advice. We really just wanted to give you some some aspects into what other people can do and will do in order to set them up for financial uh, peace and financial security. Yeah, just some options and opinions. You can take some of these options, watch some other podcasts, and learn. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh.